Gordon Midnight Crimsters. On tonight's episode, your horror hosts, Chainsaw Paul and Wolfman Memo, begin Summer of Horror 2020 with 1979's Tourist Trap. Slauson's Museum is full of fun for the whole family. That is, until things turn deadly for a group of unsuspecting sightseers. So turn the lights down low, and welcome to Podcast from the Crypt. We begin with the reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why are you doing this to us? Because you're home. Death has come to your little town. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Welcome back, Cryptus. Welcome to another episode of Podcast from the Crypt. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, I am the permanent guest host, Wolfman Memo. And here with me tonight, a creature of the night, Chainsaw Paul. What are you fucking, the Count from Sesame Street? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of like that, uh, that was it a Chappelle show or something where he's like, one hole, two hole, three holes. <laughs> Yes. That shit was funny as fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, so how you been, Wolfman? Oh man, hanging in there. I'm uh doing all right. I was dying uh like maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> but I'm doing Were you all sick? Right. Huh? Nah, just uh, you know, beat up from work. You know. Oh, there you go. Back. I was like, Do you catch that Rona? Things falling things falling apart, getting old. <laughs> yeah, you're like what, seventy eight years old right now? Fuck, man. Uh, I know, huh? Uh, yeah, like they say, uh, getting old's not for the weak. How about you, Paul? Uh, I know you've been telling me that you've been doing some night riding. Been doing a lot more mountain biking here lately. Uh, the way the schedule goes, I got to do a lot of night riding out here in the desert, which actually gets kind of fucking spooky. Like, I have a really good light, but you still really can't see shit around you uh, other than pointing right down the light, you know what I mean? So you look behind you, dude, you can't see shit. It's fun, though. It's just spooky. Um, I was coming around a corner, and off in the distance through through the, the shine of my light, I could see, like, fucking maybe, like, six or eight pairs of eyes, dude. I was like, holy shit, I just stopped, like, dead in my tracks right there on the trail. Because I was like, what the fuck is that? I wasn't thinking ghosts or anything, during, you know. But we do have mountain lions out here, so that's kind of what I was like. I hope that's not a fucking a den of mountain lions and shit. And I'm riding right into them. So I stopped. I fucking turned around. Um, a little bit down the trail, I saw, like, a little baby fox. So I was like, oh, maybe that's what it was. But, you know, I still didn't want to go fucking check it out. I did stay out there, though. I just went a different way. Well, uh, like I mentioned uh, to you before, I was like, I uh, I still think that it was uh, maybe like a pack of coyotes. 
They got leather jackets and fucking pompadours. <laughs> Switchblades. Yeah, it was either that or maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, like a gang of hobos. Same kind of thing. Knives in the... Th- that actually could be, too, because there are some fucking homeless people living out there in, the, in like, this trailer right against uh, one of the hills where the trail leads. I got to pass their shack every fucking time I hit that trail. Um, but, no, like, that. that's another concern was uh, coyotes, but... I know with coyotes, they don't really mess with you and unless you mess with them. So it's like I wasn't really too scared about that. But when I was I was driving home, I started thinking about about this story that my buddy had told me uh, um, a few years ago. Uh, I used to work with the guy. And it's about this this thing he saw that I dubbed the Wereyote. Basically, like a, a, a werewolf, but a coyote instead. That's only because we have coyotes out here. So, what is that? Is that like a like a hobo that that transforms into coyote man? It's a something that transforms into the fucking coyote, dude. Probably hobo being out there. <laughs> yes. So maybe it was a uh, hybrid of both, right there. It was a, a were coyote uh, clan waiting for you. I don't know what the fuck, man. It could have been, but uh, with my buddy's story is actually kind of kind of trippy. What happened was he was driving home probably around 1 o'clock in the morning. And the way to get home was the same way that you get to our work. And our our work was like pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. It, it was a good couple of miles away from the freeway. Just in the, in the desert. There's a few houses scattered around. But pretty much like there's nothing else. You know what I mean? So as, there's no street lights. It's fucking dark as shit. So he was driving, and uh, he comes up to the first stop sign on the on the street. There's like two or three before he takes the turn to go to to the the road to his house. So he stops and uh, he crosses the intersection and he keeps going. And off in the distance, in his headlights, he can see like the shape of like a dog, like kind of a large dog. He could tell it's like animal-like shape. It was all black, kind of like a shadow. And it was like in the middle of a two-lane highway. So it was basically standing on the the stripe. You know what I mean? The div- the center divider there. So he's just like, what the so fuck he, is that? So he, he could see so he it. Start, so we, did he start backpedaling it or or what? <laughs> no, he he kept going. So, uh, he, you know, he's coming up closer to it and shit, and he's, it's not moving. It's still there. And it gets close enough to where if it was a, a an animal or something, you would have saw a glare of the eyes. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. It was just still that, that same black shape. So he actually started to get kind of scared at that point. He's like, what the fuck? He can't go anywhere else. There's There's nowhere to turn off. It's just dirt on either side. So he just keeps going and he's actually kind of speeding up more because he's like, I just want to fucking, I want to scare this thing and let it run off. And I just want to keep going, dude. I want to get out of here. So he gets, he gets even closer and it's not moving. He's like, what the fuck? Eventually he gets to where he's like a few feet from it and it's almost head on. Like he's going to hit it and, um, well, he doesn't swerve because he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to, if I swerve, I might end up into the ditch or something. You know what I mean? So, and this is all going through his head like real quick too, you know, just boom, 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 thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. He just keeps going and it's like, 
right when he passes it, like goes to pass it, it's still on his headlights. It's on his side, so the driver's side of the car. The shape stands up on on two feet, two legs, and is like the shape of like a tall dude, and it's still just that black shadowy uh, shape. He can't really he can't see a face or anything, and he passes it like it's you know within a foot of his car, and, and he looks back and it's kind of still standing there, and then it takes off into the into the desert so he fucking races home he pay passes that those other stop signs he's like fuck this it goes home and tries to forget about it and then once he told me about that like every day i would co- I'd come to him hey did you see that shit did you see that shit coming to work because you know it was right there on the same place where we worked so he still had to drive that shit and we got to work early in the morning so it was dark so he's like dude i'm still scared to drive that shit and we have to do it every day Every time, and after I heard that, every time I would go on that road, I'd be looking for the shit too. And what made me think about it really when I was out on the trail or when I was coming home from the trail is where I ride is maybe two blocks away from that road. So I was like, holy shit. So, uh, the mystery was never solved. You know, I was looking more into it because, like I said, I, I kind of dubbed the thing a Wariote, but there is actually. Uh, legends of Wariotes, but it more comes down to those things called skinwalkers. And that goes back to like Native American uh, mythology and shit about shapeshifters and all that. So I'm like, that shit actually kind of makes sense because I believe in all that. So that's that's creepy. And that's something to think about every time I go out there. So if one day, folks, if we don't hear from Chainsaw Paul, we know what got him. Yep. It's a goddamn Moriote, or the mountain lions, or the fucking rattlesnakes. So what, you do fear the the Moriote more than the uh, than a mountain lion? I, I, I think I'm more afraid of the mountain lions than I am of the fucking Moriote. But... Because you're like, okay, mountain lions do exist for sure. You're not 100%. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know. Yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've seen Wariote. mountain lions out there. Not while I was riding, but I used to work uh, another job. I worked at a quarry which is is actually that area. The the trail kind of goes around the quarry and right next to it. So it is that exact same area. So I know they are out there for sure. So like knowing that, you know, that's a real fucking thing I've seen before. And it doesn't matter how fast you're fucking pedaling, dude. If that fucker wants you, it's going to get your ass. It'll knock you right off the fucking bike. All right. I got one remedy in which uh, either one is not going to mess with you, Paul. All right, let me hear this. So uh, what you got to do is you got to get a big-ass bottle of uh, hot sauce, Tabasco sauce, whatever, the hottest sauce you can find at home or in the store. It has to be in the and store because you got to rub, you you rub your body all with that hot sauce. Oh, God. <laughs> that way, like if they do bite you, they're going to have an upset stomach and they're going to be like, nah, I don't, that's not See, good. That's not going to work. You know, that might get... help the next guy. That's not going to help me. <laughs> Cause if they'll fucking, they'll eat me whole. And then a little while later, that's when they get the shits and we're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I won't eat, eat anybody anymore. Maybe human humans aren't for me. It's not going to help me. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that because uh, I went camping with my brother and then uh, they, they, he ended up losing a uh, big ass jar 
of some uh, salsa that that they brought to have it while we're eating at you know like for camping that week. Yeah, and it ended up going missing, and we found it when we were gonna be uh, like the last day we were there. So it was over by the river. The bear actually went through. It got the damn, uh, you know, the big bottle. It opened it. It had a little bit, and then that was it. It said, fuck that shit. Too hot for my belly. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm saying. You might have a chance, you know. It's it, it's not 100%, but, you know, it could happen. Well, uh, I can I, I I picture right. the, the mountain lions just slicing my ass up to fucking shreds before it even starts to eat me. So I'm screwed either way. Yeah, I mean, if if they do that, then that don't work because you know if they make you into like beef jerky uh, before they taste you, then uh, even that just work. thinking, like just think of this, this thought: I'm on my bike and I'm I'm going down the trail, and I can't go that fast on these trails because there's like n- no real berms and shit, so I can't yeah. go that fast. Just imagine a, one of those fucking mountain lions just fucking running fast as it can to me, fucking jumps tackles my ass even that right there i'd probably be fucking dead just from that so uh what 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 is supposed to scare mountain lions i know there's like certain things i mean with uh with bears you're supposed to make like loud noises like if you got pans and stuff you're supposed to bang them um, but i know that doesn't that's not the same rules for a mountain lion i think is it supposed to be like that you make yourself look big and not scared i have no idea and, like, it's actually something ground? i should look into honestly I go camping out that way too. Paul goes camping without even like knowing what he should do when, like, if something crazy happens, he's like, "Ah, oh, shit, play dead." Dude, because honestly, even if I, I could read, I could read up on this shit. I can, I can prepare myself, train myself, but when it comes down to, I'm standing there and there's a mountain lion coming to me. I'm fucked, dude. I'm gonna forget every fucking thing I've ever read. <laughs> I'm gonna shit my pants. Probably get down on the ground and start crying. You're going to say, oh, yeah, like, I think it told me to shit my pants. If I shit myself, yes. it won't like yes. it. It's, that flavor yeah. it won't like. It said, it's all in my, like, flashing through my head. Shit your pants. Start crying. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would stop and get all confused. Like, wait a minute. I, I didn't even do anything, dude. All right. We've been going on with that for way too long. Way too long. It was still a fun story, the whole way Yodi thing, dude, like. That shit's creepy. I will find that fucker one of these nights. I've been out there kind of like investigating too after I heard the story. Just kind of driving up and down the road, seeing if I can spot anything weird. All right, Wolfman, you got some fucking horror news for us? I've got some horror news for you. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, so uh, one thing coming down the pipe, Rob Zombie's Firefight Trilogy will be coming out. Um, It's a steel box set, and that's exclusive to Target. And that'll be coming out September the 8th. What you got to say about that, Paul? Uh, I want to get it, actually, because the box art looks fucking dope. Um, I don't have any of those movies on Blu-ray, so it'd be cool to have them all together and everything on blu-ray so, and it's only 29.99 it's actually not bad that's 10 bucks a movie and uh, it has the unrated versions of the devil's rejects and the unrated version of three from hell so 
that's a plus right there. I wonder uh, what extras are in there. I don't know. I I haven't seen the. Uh, I may have seen the unrated version of Devil's Rejects, but I think I might even have that on DVD. But I haven't seen the Three from Hell unrated. We're all looking forward to that right here in the crypt. So uh, they're doing pre-orders right now. But I mean, I don't know. If, I'm not going to pre-order it. But if you know if it's available when it comes out. I might get it. If you guys want it, definitely go on there and pre-order the shit on a, a Target. Yeah, pre-order. Yeah, all of you guys out there, please pre-order it. That way, when Paul goes to the store, he's not gonna find nothing. <laughs> God damn it, Cripsters! There's like one. There's like one fucking listener who's got them all. <laughs> he's sitting back at like a mound of fucking Blu-rays, just like. <laughs> Chainsaws getting nothing. <laughs> yes. <You> fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All devious and evil. Yes. Uh, it ain't going to be me because uh, Wolfman doesn't got money like that. So uh, if uh, we got Daddy Warbucks listening right there, that has got all the money in the world. Uh, that could happen. <laughs> so also in the world of Blu-rays coming out, uh, we got the Friday the 13th box set. This has all the fucking movies in it. It's like a 16 disc set. So you got extra special features, discs and shit. Um, each, each disc has its own case, like, like its own artwork and shit. And it's, it, it looked like it's all the, like the original artwork from like the, the VHS releases and shit. So that's pretty fucking cool. It's coming from screen factory. So, you know, they do shit. Well, the actual box it comes in, it's just like this gigantic fucking box. It has this awesome fucking like mural or something. Paint. It's a painting of all the Jasons from all the movies. It's so fucking cool. And it's like, oh, fuck, man. I want this shit so bad. But it's coming in at $160. So I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of pricey. Good guy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's not. It's actually fucking not bad at all. It's, a, you know, it's all the fucking movies. So you're talking maybe... You know, a little over $10, $15 a movie for a Blu-ray. A lot of them are the 4K scans. You're getting uh, the unrated version of Jason Goes to Hell, which I haven't seen. So that's actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, when I saw this, and I, I mean, I got to agree, like, the first thing that caught my eye was that the artwork on that box. I don't, I didn't know the size of it, but... Uh... Just the artwork on it, I was like, oh, Paul's going to want this for sure. Yeah, yeah, I do. It also comes with a 40-page booklet that I'm sure has some artwork in it. I haven't seen the inside of it. It probably has like footnotes and shit about the movies, artwork, all that cool stuff. So it's definitely fucking worth the $160. Uh, the only thing is it's a limited release of only 13000 which isn't a lot at all. That shit's going to sell out super fucking quick. And then it's going to be gone for fucking ever. Unless, you know, it shows up on eBay the next day for like a thousand dollars, which I, I'm sure we'll see. Oh man, that Cripster that, that, that ordered, uh, all the, tri the firefight trilogy, uh, you know, he's going to order all of these now. Yes. Screw us all. So yeah, if you guys want this one, Get on there, go to Scream Factory, pre-order this shit right now. It's not coming out until October 13th, but it, like I said, it's it's a limited release, so 
definitely jump on that. All right, so uh, Cripsters, the next bit of news. Uh, this one is more uh, not hard facts. This was kind of like rumors, but uh, a lot of people are talking about it. It's going, it's, you know, it's going through the rumor mill. Is uh, you know my favorite author Stephen King. Uh, one of his works. They're talking about that he will be working on a new uh, book based on an old book that he's done, uh, which was a movie that came out recently. Not too long ago in two parts. Uh, the one that I'm talking about is, of course, it that he's uh, there's supposedly going to be like a chapter three coming out. We don't know if that's what it's going to be called or something else, uh, but it's just rumors right now. We don't know if it's uh, for sure 100 percent fact. But uh, with me, I, you know, I'd be looking forward to it. We don't know if it's a flash forward because, uh, you know, uh, it, it's more likely that it's going to be a. Uh, a past thing where it's talking about uh, the origins of it. Yeah, and I'm hoping that's what it's going to be too. Like I, 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 I don't want it to be where it's it's flashing for for 27 years from, you know, uh, now basically because that's with the newer movies that's it was take the last one was taking place like in modern times like now they would have to go for 27 years from now for him to reemerge and shit. And I don't, I don't really want to see that. Cause then it's either going to be, or even read about it. Cause right now it's just the talks are Stephen King's writing the book. There's, there's no talks of a, a movie coming out. It's just kind of assumed that if the book's going to come out, then sometime after we're, we will get movies from it. But, um, I really don't want to see like the characters from the original stories all old and shit and trying to fight, Pennywise, you know, kind of reminds me of now I'm going to make this comparison, but this is actually a great fucking movie, but it reminds me of like Bubba Hotep (laughs) with old ass Elvis (laughs) is is trying to fight. It's trying to fight the fucking the mummy and shit, you know, now that movie, it worked. It worked really well. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that movie worked well because I mean, you can't go wrong with Bruce Campbell. No, you can't. (laughs) That's why I'm like, man. It's kind of one of those like I I've tried I want to compare it just the the like for the situation, you know what I mean? Bubba Hotep's a fucking great movie and it works so well. I don't think something like that will work for the more serious tone of it, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think the, the really the only way it's going to work is, is if they do a prequel. And they already touched on it on It Chapter 2 where they showed a little bit of you know, the the time he came out before they were kids and all that. And, and and what was it, like Old West or Turn of the Century shit? Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, that and like he, and supposedly like he might have had a daughter as well. Yeah, so for them to go that route, I think it'll work out really well. I'll be more interested in, in Stephen King writing about that than doing a direct sequel with the same characters. Because I would like to see more of what... Pennywise is you know what I mean I don't want to know everything I don't want it all spelled out I don't want to see his birth from his fucking crazy mom or something you know what I mean I don't want to I don't want to know too much but I still would like to know why he chose dairy what you know why he's there um shit like that yeah and uh I wonder if it would have like more tie-ins with uh other characters that he's uh had in dairy so it could happen. Who knows? 
And, and another thing is, is, and I, I know you know this because you read a lot of his books, but um, Stephen King left it open to where Pennywise really isn't dead. There's a lot of references in his books from other characters in other books that say that he's still alive. I think there's a part in Dreamcatcher where, in the movie at least, they see uh, Pennywise lives. Somebody have wrote it somewhere because that shit takes place in Derry also. And it's like real similar to the story. So it's like he's already left it to where he's he's not dead. So he did that for a reason. You know, this was a long time ago when he when he wrote that first book and continued to write other ones right after. So I'm sure he planned from the get go that it wasn't the end of Pennywise. Yeah, that's one thing I I like about the Stephen King universe is uh sometimes you get those tie ins and those characters from other stories that uh, show up uh, in the other ones or, or mentioned at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty cool uh, once in a while when that happens. Well, time will tell. We'll see if uh, if these rumors, uh, you know, bear fruit. Yeah, definitely. That might be a book that I actually have to read when it comes out. <laughs> only, uh, I think Paul will only read if it's, uh, you know, a comic book style. <laughs> pretty much. If it's got pictures and big, big bright words, then I'll read it. Yes, <laughs> or just speech bubbles, <laughs> small speech bubbles. It's every like, every other page. <laughs> You're like, I read this. I'm such a reader. <laughs> so, like, we were talking. Uh, I think it was the last episode or the one before that about like the 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 Universal movie monsters are are starting to like reemerge and. We got the the Invisible Man remake, and you know, even a little bit before that, we got Wolfman, which actually wasn't bad. I actually I like that one. Talks about a, a new Dracula coming out and shit. So they're wanting to bring that old universe back with all the classic movie monsters. The latest news that we heard is they're going to do another Wolfman. This one's going to star Ryan Gosling, which I'm all for. Ryan Gosling's a man, and uh. This part right here really got me fucking excited. Lee Wanell's coming back in the director's chair for this motherfucker, too. So that's really got me stoked. Did you end up watching The, the Invisible Man? Um, Yeah, I did. Uh, it was good. I, it was really fucking good. I, as I'm watching it, uh, I was kind of like, I, I wasn't really digging like the whole uh, technology aspect of it because it... Spoiler alert! If you guys haven't seen it, the the way he co- becomes invisible is this suit that he made, which you know people are actually trying to do this already with cameras and shit. They're already trying to do these kind of suits, so it's kind of, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. But I was like, ah, oh, you know, take you know technology, blah blah blah. That's kind of lame. But then I started thinking about it too. In the original ones, it's what it was too. It was experiments and shit. It's not like he was born that way. Yeah, but uh, he at with that one he had a serum that he created exactly, uh, and it's basically the same idea of, of technology and all that. Would you kind of had dug it more if uh, it was a serum again? Or, no, no. Well, at I first mean, that's what I was thinking, but like I said, I started thinking about it more. I'm like, well, it's it's basically the same thing, just changed for the times. You know, it's yeah. still uh, someone developed something to do that you know what i mean so uh, when, I, when i thought about it that way it didn't piss me off or anything i'm like oh, okay so that's why i thought it really worked and it was a really good fucking movie 
So I'm re- I'm really looking forward to this Wolfman. Like I said, I do like the Benicio del Toro version, Anthony Hopkins, all that. Uh, it, I thought it was really fucking good. Some of the CG was a little lackluster, but it still wasn't that bad. I've seen way worse CG. Yeah. It's just they could have did it without. They could have did everything fucking practical, basically. I'm just looking forward to the direction they go with this one. And it, Lee Wanell's at the helm. You know it's going to be fucking great. You know the acting is going to be top-notch with Ryan Gosling. You don't have to worry about that shit. So uh, you think it's going to be more of, uh, you know, modern times? wolf? Like if there was a modern times Wolfman? I think that's kind of how they're going to go with all of them. You know, we did they did it with the Invisible Man. They're going to do that that take with the new Dracula I don't see why they wouldn't go that route with all of the movies that they plan on doing. Because if they don't, it's going to kind of take that. Like, like say they do um, fucking The Mummy or something and set it back back in the day, like the original Mummy or, or, or even further. It's going to kind of take it out of that universe that they're setting up. You know what I mean? So I see that it being like that, like a modern day it's happening now kind of shit which is i'm fine with it that's cool you know what i think i heard something also like that uh that they might do some a little i mean they're not gonna have them uh meet each other or nothing uh at least not at this point i don't think they but, ever uh, will from what i heard yeah but from i mean they have back back in the day no no no. i know that i'm talking uh, about but with this new universe that they're setting up yeah but uh from from this one uh, like I'm saying, they might not meet up or something, but there there might be a mention of them. Like as far as like in the Wolfman movie, there might be a mention or yeah. maybe a newspaper clipping. I could definitely see the that. Invisible Man with like, you know, with his demise or something. Uh, there might be like a little bit of a mention there where it's like a little tie in. So the universes are, you know, you know, right there together. I actually welcome that because it's going to tie the whole universe together without it being cheesy. Because if you think back to the older ones, when they did meet up, it was real campy and shit. You know what I mean? At least in my my opinion, it was. Like, they were cool and all, but it just got kind of, I don't know, kind of silly in a way. Then you started getting the El, uh, Abbott and Costello kind of shit going on. <laughs> did, they start all, did they start all dancing like uh, on Scooby-Doo and the them uh, running back and forth through different doors and <laughs> popping out in other doors? <laughs> <laughs> but I do want them to reference each other in the movies because, like I said, it's going to tie them all together without making, like, this fucking, you know, uh, Avengers Marvel fucking universe kind of thing going on. So I'm stoked for all that. Right. So uh, what's this? Uh, is it, like, maybe due for uh, next year or we're not sure on the, the day? I'm not sure, but uh, we will keep you guys posted. All right, so uh, we heard some bad news the other day. Halloween Kills got delayed. God damn it. Just when this fucking year couldn't get any goddamn worse, they delay Halloween Kills. But we kind of expected it. You know, like this fucking, this pandemic's not slowing down very much at all. Shit's actually kind of get starting to get worse again. Yeah, not over here because, uh, you know. Yeah, not, not here, so. <laughs> Those, you know, those movie theaters are closing up. They did. I think they did open them for like a small window. And now it's closed. They're closing them up again. So basically it comes down to they want to release Halloween kills into the theaters. They don't want to do a VOD. So right now, this is like the best choice 
that they have, like that they made. I think it's a great decision. I want to see that motherfucker in the theater. I want to sit there next to Wolfman. I want to sit there next to Madman and watch his shit. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. I do have a projector, so it could be similar. <laughs> we sit here in the garage and watch it, but it won't be the same. So I think they made the wise decision on that. Come on, Paul. It could. It could. It, we could make it the same. We'll just watch it in with the with your projector, and uh, I'll, I'll make sure to bring a crying baby with me. <laughs> that way, it'll be the same thing as a movie theater. Yes, my son can stand in front of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're standing in front of you. You're trying to watch it, and some tall dude is in front of your view, and you know that we, like we said, Paul's like leprechaun size. Yes. So he's gonna be like standing on his chair, still not being able to see over the guy. <laughs> you know what we could do it he's gonna have to we could do it he's gonna have to bust out his shillelagh down in front whack whack i just need to get like a popcorn maker dude so we could have that official movie theater popcorn then then i'll be set but um no i'm not mad i saw this coming anyway as i'm sure all of you cripsters did too it is disappointing but you know we're gonna get it it's already made so we'll get it um, they're planning on releasing it next year, which that's probably what's going to happen. I think by then everything will settle down at least enough to go to the theater and shit. Um, I don't. And if it's not like if it's still like this shit still going on by then, I don't see them delaying it again. I see them putting it on VOD because, they, you know, they want to get to making Halloween ends. But, uh, so next year, I see us getting it either way. So I'm I'm cool with waiting. I heard that I heard amazing things. For, uh, everybody that has seen it in the in the test screenings, they fucking love it. So that just gets me super stoked. Now the same day that they announced the delay, they released a new teaser trailer. It's only like 30 seconds long or something, but it's enough to get us stoked. Now I think they should have waited a little bit. I know it was one of those. Oh, well, you know, we just left a bad taste in your mouth. Let's try to fix that kind of a thing. But, you know, now it's like we got a whole, what, year and a half, basically? Almost a year and a few months until we, you know, we get to see it. I'm, I would have been cool with not even having the teaser for a while. Yeah, but uh, that's you, Paul. Yeah, I know. And uh, I know. most, most, most. Most people out there, especially the uh, the younger folks, sorry, younger folks, <laughs> most uh, most people out there are uh, not patient at all, and they want things now. No, I, I get it. My my thinking about it is though, they released this teaser. They're gonna have to release something else, and then you know by the end of the year to keep people interested in it more. Now I'm not talking about us die hard. Are us diehard fucking Halloween fans, like we're gonna be interested in it no matter what. I'm talking about the 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 other side of it, the the general casual horror movie, or even just people that just want to go to the movies and and see something. They got to keep th- them interested. So that means that they're gonna be releasing more tra- trailers and more teasers all the way up until its release, and that might end up showing us way too much. Like even this thirty second um, teaser, I didn't. I liked it; it was cool, but I kind of wish that I didn't watch it because now I know thirty se- You know that couple of scenes that they did show me. Now I know that's what I 
have to expect. Unless it's one of those where what they did show us isn't actually going to be in the movie. And then I might I might be okay with that. But then again, watching it and I don't see that, I'm like, well, well what the fuck? Why did you take that out? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just, I can't be pleased. Maybe that's what it is. Paul Paul, Paul is uh, never happy. That's the secret that's of his life. That's what it is. I'm just never happy. Paul would have said like, delay that and then if if they really did delay it he'll be like god damn it i want it now <laughs> yes they can't win with paul <laughs> so yeah i mean like i said super stoked for it to come out wasn't surprised that it got delayed you know we're only a few months away from from october so they're not and it's not like they're gonna wait and just release it in December or something or January. Fuck no, can't do that. Nah, I mean it's gotta be released on Halloween I mean, you know, on October for sure. Exactly. Um so, so. Yep. So waiting in another year, that's fine. So uh Paul, what do you think about uh actual Halloween being cancelled? <laughs> I, I can see that happening, man, with, with the way that shit's going. I can see it happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's going to be canceled, Paul. Yeah. Uh, if not, I, it, it, people are still going to be afraid of what's going on. Like, is, this shit is not going to just go away. But I said, if not, then great. But, you know, I don't see it coming. Yeah. Yet. It's not one of those things where the government's like, like, okay, everything's fine, guys. Open everything up. And it's business as usual. And then everybody goes back to normal. No, it's not going to be like that. We're going to be at least a year or two years of of that still being in our heads and and still you know still doing our our precautions and and being cautious and shit it's still going it's going to be a long time before things get back to the way it was before that also means that uh me and wolfman probably won't ever get together to record cuz we're still doing it over <laughs> this time we're doing it over our phones and we're each recording so our our quality should be better Actually, we did that on the last episode, and it, it sounded great. It sounded like we were in the same studio, but no, we're fucking it like... It might have even sounded better than uh, any other the recordings that we've done in the past. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, you know, and he's like, what, 100, 100, 120 miles or something away? Something like that? Some, something like that, over 100 miles for sure. But when you guys listen to this, it's going to sound like we're sitting right next to each other. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, the last bit of news is uh, some sad news, but... Like I told Paul, I have to mention it, and then Paul was like, "Who's he?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "But well, he is I don't a legend." I, that is. I, yeah, I know about him, but uh, you know, he's done uh, so many movies, so many soundtracks, uh, a lot of music. Uh, great composer. Now, um, was it really one of those where you saw the name and you're like, "Oh fuck," or was it like, "Who's this guy?" And looked I did. him up. Oh, I've heard no. his shit. No, I I knew the name. Uh, and uh, he's been in numerous things that I like. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing is that I didn't. Chops and, uh, over here. <laughs> yeah, one thing was that I didn't. And uh, the main thing why he's being mentioned here on the show, since Paul said it's got to be horror, is that he uh, also he was the composer for one of the best horror movies ever, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. There you go. So uh, yeah, with that, uh, Ennio Morcone. Uh, you know, rest in peace, God bless, and uh, thanks for everything you've done. Because uh, without your mind, without all that music that tied into those uh, movies, they uh, probably would never be the same. Uh, there's so many other ones, but uh, a few that I'll mention that I loved 
uh, that had your uh, music in them was uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was one of them. Uh, also, uh, Once Upon a Time in America uh, was another one, I believe. Uh, I think I checked it out with you, Paul. I didn't know that you did this one, but it's one of my favorites as well from uh, back in uh, the, uh, I think, late 80s, uh, The Untouchables. Uh, I think he did the soundtrack for that okay, as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was another one that I really liked too. Uh, it was uh, The Mission with uh, with uh, Robert De Niro. And uh can't think of his name right now, but the voice of Scar. Remember that actor? Uh, Jeremy Irons? Paul? Yes, exactly. You remember the name. So, yeah, with Jeremy Irons and, uh, and Robert De Niro. So uh, that one's a good one as well. Paul probably never watched that movie, but uh, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's been in. A, yeah, he's had a you know ton of uh, movies that he's composed and uh, other music that he's done as well. So uh, you know, rest in peace. Yes, Ennio Morricone, you're a legend, and uh, without your genius, we would not have that music on John Carpenter's The Thing. All right, so uh, on to the birthdays. Happy fucking birthday, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl, can be Christ, evil, nice, birthday boy, birthday girl, birthday boy, birthday girl, happy fucking birthday. So uh, the first birthday that I'm going to mention, uh, we're just going to do two this time. Uh, yeah, there's more, is, but uh, we can't remember them. For the life of us, <laughs> it's one o'clock in the morning, and you're asking us to think. Fuck you. <laughs> plus, I'm <laughs> plus I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. You're lucky I have a mind to think anymore. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, the first person I'm going to mention is uh, Herman Munster, uh, which was Uncle Herman, uh, or as uh, Paul likes to remember him. Uh, from Pet Cemetery. Oh, Judd. Judd. Yep. Nah, I, when I think about Fred Gwynn, dude, I think about Herman. My Fred Gwynn is Herman. Yeah, lovable Herman, man. So, uh, you know, Fred Gwynn, we miss you. Thanks for all the memories. The ones I think about are, you know, Pet Cemetery. Of course, the monsters. That's the main one. And, of course, uh, when he was on My Cousin Vinny as oh, a judge yes. as well. Did you say Ute? <laughs> The two, <laughs> the utes. two utes. Did you just say utes? <laughs> Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? Nah, but it was a that one's a classic as well. It's funny. All right, Cripsters, and the last birthday of the night, uh, we have a true legend, uh, Sid Haig. He was born uh, July fourteenth, nineteen thirty nine, uh, and you know, sadly, he passed away in twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, and it all started uh, with him back in the days when he was a young uh, lad, and uh, it all started with dancing. Uh, and you know, once he got that, he got the acting bug and some other stuff. So, uh, you know, if he never got that going, uh, who knows what his life would have came? But thank God uh, that's what happened. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies uh, and uh, TV shows and everything in between. Uh, you know. Also had the, you know, the music bug, loved music, uh, loved the drums. So he uh, did all that kind of stuff. Uh, some of the movies uh, more iconic that uh, we know, uh, you know, the later stuff is, of course, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, 
uh, The Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell, uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, Bone Tomahawk. He's been in a lot of stuff, uh, you know, everything and in between. So uh, we'd like to say uh, happy birthday, Sid Haig, a.k.a. Captain Spaulding. We love you and we miss you. Happy birthday, fuckers. Happy birthday, and uh, both of you cowboys are missed. So for part one of our Summer of Horror 2020 series, we're taking a look at 1979's Taurus Trap. Directed by David Schmoller, starring Chuck Connors as Mr. Slauson, Jocelyn Jones as Molly, John Van Ness as Jerry, Robin Sherwood as Eileen, Tanya Roberts as Becky, Don Jeffrey Nelson as Tina, Keith McDermott as Woody, Shyler Kobe as Davey. All right, so yeah, we're doing... Doing our summer of horror again. We started it last year, and I thought it was a cool little series of all the the horror movies that we like to watch during the summer, or that most people like to watch during the summer. Has that summer fucking vibe, theme, you know, whatever. And and this is one of those. This is on most of the fucking summer horror movie lists that I've seen online. It's not necessarily one that I would watch every summer. I think I did watch it last summer, but it's definitely one of those movies. Yeah, and this is uh, my first viewing of uh, of watching it. You know, uh, I've watched it numerous times to do the, this review that we're gonna do for the show. Um, but uh, yeah, we watched it a bunch of fucking times because we kept fucking delaying the recording, so we'd have to watch it again. <laughs> we probably would have had this done like maybe two weeks ago, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stuff happens definitely so uh yeah the bad thing right now is that uh i think me and paul both it's it's been a, probably a, at least a week since we last watched this movie but we're gonna do the best we can for you cripsters so uh yeah you bear with us and uh hopefully this comes out well we'll see uh uh i was telling paul let's see uh if we have some uh parts that we agree with and uh, we may have some that we don't, so th- I think this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a good discussion. It's going to be quick. We're, well, we're going to try to make it quick anyway. You know us, dude. We'll say that, and it'll be like fucking an hour and a half long review. And we're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, like, like we do sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the quick synopsis, straight from IMDb. A group of young friends stranded at a secluded roadside museum are stalked by a masked assailant who uses his telekinetic powers to control the attractions mannequins so i i have seen this a couple of times before the fucking many times that i had to watch it to do this review i do like this movie i think it's a fun movie um definitely gonna be on my my yearly rotation for summer so how like uh when was the first time you watched this movie paul uh it was actually just a few years ago so it's not one of those where it takes me back to my childhood or anything like that I have heard about it, you know, for a, a long time. I just never got around to watching it until just a few years ago. And uh, I was like, you know what? This movie's actually pretty fucking fun. 
one thing I gotta mention, like just from the uh from the artwork from the from uh this the the movie artwork on there where it shows the ma- him in the mask. Um it does have a uh it looks uh like it got some um some inspiration from uh Leatherface for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. That looks like uh Oh, the pretty woman mask. It definitely looks like that with the hair and shit. <laughs> yeah. But this movie isn't isn't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre at all. This movie isn't like a lot of movies. That's kind of why I like it. It's It's got its own thing going on. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it did have a little bit of, uh, you know, inspiration from a few different movies. Uh, yeah, it like does. Said, it does, definitely. Like, but like, it, with chain, like with Chainsaw, it's like not the same movie, but... It does have the same kind of thing where, like, uh, it's summertime, it's hot. Yeah. Uh, some A group of kids end up, like, you know, somewhere that they didn't think they were going to be at. And uh, they end up, uh, you know, getting uh, into some trouble with a uh, demented person. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this movie came out not too long after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, yeah, it definitely has its its inspirations and shit. But they 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 went in a whole other direction with it, which I I liked a lot. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I saw and I think I read up on a little bit was uh, I think you know another inspiration on the movie too was uh, like Carrie with the telekinesis. Yes. So yes, but they kind of you know, but they took it in a different direction, of course, on this one. Uh, in some ways, some of the, some of the ways, yeah, it was uh, you know, with the killings and stuff, some of that came into play. But as far as uh, the way he controlled. The mannequins that was uh you know onto this uh movie on itself it didn't have the, that inspiration from Carrie it, it did its own thing on that um so that was pretty cool but I also read too that um it was one, gonna go one of either two ways they uh, I think they originally were gonna do it without the telekinesis uh involved in this movie so it's kind of kind of it's it would be kind of a cool discussion that'd be like huh you know, what we saw and it had the telekinesis and what do you think this movie would have been without it? You know, would you have still enjoyed it the same way? I don't know, man. Cause what what were you saying? Like they wanted to be where the mannequins actually kind of like came alive and shit. It's either, it's either that, or um, I don't know if it would have been that, or if it's just like the mechanical stuff, you know, that he just built them that way where they're, Oh yeah, because he had like the animatronic stuff going on too. So, yeah, it could have took it to like a, like a Westworld kind of a thing, something like that. But uh, just he just yeah, but he just made them into where they, uh, you know, would do certain things to uh, attack people. Yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have minded that, but I do like how they did the the telekinesis thing. It, I thought it was different. You know, it did it did kind of. Uh, remind me of Carrie and shit because she, she could do that kind of stuff too. But you know, it, it's it's different this time around, and you, you really don't see that kind of kind of thing happen a whole lot in in horror movies, even all the way up to now. So I think it was pretty cool. I mean, one of the things that I liked on the movie was uh, Chuck Connors was with when he was uh, when he was just acting and he was uh being like a normal guy i like that part uh because there was some parts where he's talking with the with the the girls uh mainly molly because he had his eye on her for sure 
But when he was talking to them and he would bring up his ex-wife and then that, that sad music would be playing. Yeah. And then the way he, the way he acted in and, and his words and, uh, he just, it, it was just, to me, it, that was a, that was a stronger parts of his characters when he would do that. And he felt like a, a real guy. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit like, you know, cowboy kind of guy too. Uh, cause yeah. of the, you know, con- in, in the country, but just like that heart, you know, like where he kind of felt his pain. So you kind of had like some sympathy towards his character, even though some of that stuff he was saying were lies, but just when he was saying it, you believed those words that, that were coming out of his mouth. No, oh, definitely. I, I, I totally agree. The strongest part of this movie is Chuck Connors. His acting was just phenomenal. Before he did that, he was he was in a lot of fucking movies, a lot of TV shows. He was like a, a, a real big actor. Um, he also was a a fucking baseball player and basketball player, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, um, one cool thing that that uh, another thing that I noticed, like uh, after I don't know if I wa- noticed it the first time watching it, probably not, because like I said, we had to watch it numerous times for mm-hmm. the show. Um, but like when he would, uh, when he was playing himself, you know, normal before, uh, he was, uh, he had that, uh, that hitch in his step when yeah. he's walking and then, uh, with his, uh, alter ego, uh, that, that character did not have a hitch in his step. So that was interesting as well to, and that was his idea as far as, uh, Chuck Connors, the actor, they didn't have that in the script. Oh, that's cool. So he he was like, I want to make it to where people don't notice that it's the same person. And we're not going to do a scene for scene thing, so we're kind of jumping around right now. But you do find out that, you know, the main killer is actually Mr. Slauson, Chuck Connors. So that was like a little twist in, in, in the plot. So, yeah, for him to add that little, that little, uh, that lamp to kind of make it a, a different character a different person i thought that was that was a nice touch yeah um another thing that i liked too was uh was the music on on the movie i i i want to say i didn't like the intro music they brought it uh they brought it back uh a little bit here and there one in some parts of the movie uh but yeah like as far as that intro music it kind of felt like kind of like kooky and it be it probably like belonged in some other type of thing make like maybe a comedy or something uh i just didn't feel like that was should have been that that uh the music for this movie for that you know that intro one i don't know if you feel that same way paul or not but uh, but the rest of the music that's in this movie was was good it, it went with everything and it, it, it built up the horror with it so that the rest of the music was good but just the uh that intro i didn't like it that, that's that's that was my opinion i don't know i don't know how you feel about it paul uh, I I kind of disagree, and it's, and it's funny because it, we'll think back to just our last episode that we did and the mutilator, how yeah. it had that that really upbeat kind of campy music going on, and I didn't like that at all. But it was a different <laughs> type. It had the, the movies. The movie had a different tone than this one. That one was supposed to be like the mutilator was supposed to be more of a a darker tone to the movie. You know, the other aside from some of the the stupid supposed to be funny things that they did um this one like even though it's not a full-on like trying to be comedy or anything um just the fact that the mannequins are moving around and and laughing at people and shit while they're getting killed and all that 
especially in that that intro scene that's basically all that there is is those mannequins laughing at uh at woody i thought it actually it it, it fit in with that because you it, it it made it feel like it's some kind of crazy fun house kind of a thing uh i don't know it just it's just that little i there's a certain part of it where it's like um i don't know if it's that little rattlesnake sound that they had to it um but i don't know i guess like you know that's my opinion paul's differs on that um that will happen opinion and you're sticking to it (laughs) yeah and so is paul (laughs) so uh yeah that's just you cripsers uh watch it let us know what you think uh who's who are you team paul chainsaw paul or are you team uh wolfman you're all Wolfman, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have I didn't have problems with that. Not like I did with Mutilator. That just was way out of place. <laughs> See that that's funny because like that took you out of that one, and then with this one, that intro music took me out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you did kind of like that, huh? Fucking, uh, I did. Ah, I already <laughs> forgot it. You said that to, that shit to me was, was gonna get stuck in my head, and I already forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was kind of the hey, remember? I'm gonna I'm gonna make you play it uh, when fall comes around because that's what it is. Fall break. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> gonna have a fall break. Oh god damn it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean that but like I said, like the like that the, the intro music took me out of it, but the rest of that the the score for the rest of that movie, it was it was really good. Um and I see, and that's awesome. why I, I I can't hate that that song in the beginning of the movies because it's not like they do that a lot throughout it. I know it does come back a little bit. But it, you know the rest of the music is is it fits the movie. It's really dark. It's really good. I thought the score was done really well, and you know what I mean. So it's not like they're trying to make something else out of it, like they did with Mutilator. I know we keep going back to it, but as far as that, I kind of had to compare him. You know, Mutilator was trying to be this uh, you know hardcore kind of scary, gory fucking movie, even with the title the mutilator and then they have the this this silly fucking song and then these almost fucking slapstick comedy style scenes it's like oh what the fuck but you know they don't really do that in in Taurus trap so the you know the time that when the, when that music's playing you're seeing just this weird shit happening and that's about it no one's really cracking stupid fucking jokes or just being like off the wall silly so uh, the f- one of the first actors besides the ones we mentioned uh, that we're going to bring up is uh, Keith McDermott, who played Woody. And uh, that's our first person that uh, meets his demise in the tourist trap. Um, we just see him on the road like he's uh, they're stuck. He's got a flat tire. So he's uh, he's taking a tire that he has a spare, but it's got no air. So he's pushing it down the road. Uh, there's a sign for a gas station, so he's getting to that. Um, he ends up going into uh, what? What was it? The gas station where that happened, Paul, or was that a, the actual house? I think it was the gas station, right? It was a gas station. Yeah. So I mean, to me, like, even though like that actor had the small part on this one, and it was like the first kill, he died off maybe like in the first uh, I don't know five eight minutes of the movie, and then he's gone. But he, he gets mentioned a lot afterwards, uh, uh, the, the character. Um, he did a pretty good job. Like uh, when his, when uh, 
when he was in there and then uh all the crazy stuff was going on and him being like terrified yeah i thought i thought he did a pretty good job you know even though like i said it was a small part but uh you know i believed it he did a good job uh jump scares they looked like he got scared just out of nowhere maybe the director didn't tell him about certain stuff that was going to happen i don't know or maybe it's just his acting yeah, I agree. And as much as like I, I praised Chuck Connors and, and said like he stole the show with his acting, that doesn't mean that the rest of the actors were fucking horrible. They were good. I, I thought actually, the whole cast was fucking great. Um, Woody, uh, and I agree, like with that little small part that he did, it was believable. Now, there was a couple of things about that scene that, that did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth, but I don't necessarily know if it's like the, the acting or just just the script and what they wanted from him and, and and i know you agree with me too on this and this with his death now the death itself was fucking cool i thought it was fucking cool as shit um what happens is you know like uh things are moving around fucking the the mannequins are laughing they're moving uh things are getting thrown at one point he he tries to break down uh, uh the, or he punches a hole through the the door and tries to open it and he gets something starts holding his arm from the other side and he can't get his arm out. And then, you know, at one point a fucking knife comes and shoots right next to his face. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cause you thought that was going to kill him. The knife was going to get him. Nope. That it misses him. And then like this fucking steel pipe, it starts, starts moving and he's looking at it like, Oh shit. Like he's seeing like, I'm fucked. The pipe flies to him and gets him in his side. It's fucking stabs him in the side. The, the effect was cool. What you see happens cool. You see the blood start slowly coming out of the pipe because it's a hollow pipe and hits the ground on this like little tin or something. So you can hear the, the, the drips. I thought that was really cool. Now what was fucking stupid was that Woody doesn't make a sound when he, when he, when the, when he gets stabbed he just kind of like does a silent scream and like you can see the pain in his face. So the acting actually, it was good, but the decision to make it silent and him not screaming, it was a little weird. Yeah, I agree with that too. I was, uh, I was, I was missing that scream too. It, that scream should have been there. Yeah, but I actually, I know why they did it. You, they wanted us to hear only the dripping, the sounds of the dripping blood. So for him to be screaming at the same time, we wouldn't be able to hear that that dripping blood so well because it really was effective and it really was a cool a, a cool thing to hear that. So I understand why they did it. It was just a little strange. I, I still go with uh, with choice number B. <laughs> it's not even a number. It's a letter. But yeah, I go <laughs> with B, uh, which is uh, the one that uh, that has the damn scream because I want the scream. Yeah, I, it would just uh, I, I don't, it I don't, it more believable. Yeah, I mean the blood sound, whatever that's there, but I mean, like I said, the scream would be more effective for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I like the blood, the blood dripping, but I'm just saying that's why they did it. I think the scream would have been a lot more realistic because that would have hurt like a son of a bitch, and he's fucking dying. You know. Um, the other problem I had with that scene was, you know, he's trying to get out for, for the life of him. He, uh, like I said, he punches a hole through that door and he's and he tries busting down other things too. Now there's two windows in that room. One, one of them was open and then it's shut and he couldn't open it. So he just kind of forgot about that one. He gave up on that. 
The other one just had a fucking mannequin bust through it from the outside. So it was broken, and all it was was half of a mannequin sticking out, and then the head was on the ground, which was really cool because it spins and, like, drops its jaw and starts laughing. I thought that was really cool. But I'm just like, okay, why didn't you try breaking the window, the one that closed? It's just glass. Or why not try to go out the one that's already fucking broken? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what a Chainsaw Paul or the Wolfman would have done. Let's go through the damn window. Yeah. I'm like, you're trying to bust through a door, but I'm like, you already have a broken window right there. Just move that mannequin out of the way. You're done. You're gone. But we wouldn't have had the death. So it just comes down to maybe they shouldn't have had any windows in that room. I don't know. I don't make movies, so it's not like I could say, uh, well, yeah, you should have did this. It would have been way fucking better. I don't make movies, so. <laughs> you, you're just, you, we're just talking to a fan's point of view anyway. Yeah, I'm just sitting here watching him saying, oh, that, you know, you should have did this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that would have made you, sense that would have that would have that would have made you a ton more money if you would have just did this <laughs> you had another billion in the box office that's really all that bothered with me other than that i thought that was a cool opening in the movie um uh, uh keith mcdermott did a great job it sets you up for what you're gonna see definitely just some weird shit going on you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going and then after he dies and shit you start hearing like this uh this like low rumble or a mumbling kind of a voice like really deep and low you're just like okay somebody's there yeah, with what them. did what did you think of that paul because i mean like it was there every so often in the movie but it didn't really uh you know have a you know it didn't come anywhere to me for me it, it just was there and then it went away and never like mentioned again and not really explained. Oh, so, what do you mean uh, the voice? Yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Oh uh, well, it was Davy because if you think about it, he Davy has that lower, uh, you know, that lower tone voice. Um, not really rasp. You see the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So it was, it was him, and he was kind of just talking to himself. But they did that in in that scene to let us know that somebody was there. You know what I mean? That somebody was doing this, that it wasn't just like some haunted fucking gas station or something. Yeah, and that that's uh that's one thing that when we uh I don't know about you, Paul, uh when I first saw the the movie, I think you had the same kind of reaction too, maybe, was uh like it kinda left me with a bunch of questions, which was which was pretty cool too, because when you get that scene you're like what the hell's going on? Is like yeah. is this place haunted, or are these things like uh, you know like something going on? Like uh, someone got these things uh, set up where they move on their own and are doing some crazy stuff. Uh, but when those things were when the like the those objects were flying at him when he was stuck there, um, you're like, is there ghosts or or what? You know, like yeah, you're like yeah. just like what the what the fuck's going on, yeah. man? <laughs> No, definitely. When I first watched it, I had those same those same thoughts. I was like, "Wait a minute, what what is going on? Is is it haunted? Because it kind of seemed like it was just like a fucking haunted gas station. You know, these things are moving around on their own. Uh, these mannequins are laughing and shit. But yeah, then the 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 idea came that oh, somebody set these things up because it's a tourist trap. So 
I was thinking, oh, well, someone set up the mannequins to move, but there's certain things that they were doing that I'm like, well, you can't, you can't do that. You know what I mean? And then like the stuff flying around, well, you can't set, set it up to do those kind of things at least without like movie magic and all that. You know what I mean? So it didn't um, click at that time that it was telekinesis. Yeah. Um, one, one thing, uh, one more thing about that death scene, uh, with Woody, um, with the, one of the laughs, I don't know if you noticed it or not, uh, but I read up on it too. was, uh, with that crazy laugh where it's like just going super crazy on one of them. Yeah. Um, it's, they actually stole that, uh, that audio. Well, I don't know. Stole. They probably bought a little piece of it or whatever. It was a uh, audio from the same movie from uh, lady and the trap with the, uh, with the laughing hyenas. No oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. If you rewatch it and then you hear it, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, that is from Disney. I, I'd have to rewatch hyenas. fucking lady and the tramp, dude. I haven't seen that since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> Huh. Well, yeah, I was just like, I was like, okay, the, that, you know, like afterwards I was like, oh yeah, that does make sense. And I thought about it. I didn't rewatch it, but I was like, yeah, it's got to be from there for sure. Dude, what's weird is like, there's so many times where I've noticed that they've reused samples in, in different movies. And it's like, why not just do, do your own? Like, there's so many times I hear the same, like creaking door slam. It's the exact same sample. Or there's like a. A couple of, of screams, like a guy and a girl scream that I've uh-huh. heard in so many fucking movies, and it's the same exact one. It's, it's back like, from like, why the not 20s? just record someone <laughs> screaming? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you you horror directors that are out there, like uh, Rob Zombie, we know you listen to us. Um, <laughs> if you do, on your next movie, you know you got to throw those screams out there, the ones from the 20s. Is that and you can make it like uh, that old school martial arts movies that we used to watch back in the eighties, where the the voices weren't even synced together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would make it even better, dude. Uh, speaking of, like, if you want to watch a lot of the like the old Italian horror movies, like like uh, Dario Argento and shit. Yeah, uh, most of his movies are in English and they have like American actors, Canadian actors, shit like that. Well, people that speak English, you know, like I was watching, uh, uh, fuck, I forgot what it was called, but it had John Saxon in it. And even his dialogue is off. It's like, what the fuck's going on? I get that. Some of the actors are like Italian and they're actually speaking Italian because, you know, they want to put it in their own market too. So it's easier to have them do that. And then just dub over the uh, the English speaking into uh, uh, Italian, but it's like all the audio is off. Even the people that are speaking English, even that shit's off. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> huh. Okay, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we're not gonna go scene for scene, but we do kind of have to set it up a little bit, especially when the kids meet Mister Slauson. They go after uh, try to find Woody. And they actually don't get to the the gas station. Yeah, did you notice on the sign though, like when it was saying, uh, you know, getting closer to that place, then there was a sign that says like, uh, "Turn back." Like there's, you know, like, like danger ahead or something. Yeah, they didn't see that at all. Yeah, they didn't see that, and then uh, that's that's another cool touch where like, uh, it must have been like how uh, like our you know our main character that he had two sides to him, 
So maybe his like good side kind of was like wanted to warn the people like stay back if you go in you're gonna die. Yeah. So it kind of had like a little bit of a psycho kind of uh, yeah inspiration right there as well too. See, this movie has like different levels to it when you actually think about it, and that's why I, I really like this movie. Yeah. So they get to kind of like to this the sign where it says Lawson's Museum or whatever, and they're. Their car, uh, Jerry's car, which is one of the other guys, breaks down. And this was one of those little things where I have a little bit of a stickler and it was kind of getting to me a little bit. It was when he kept calling it a Jeep. Everybody was calling it a Jeep. I'm just like, it's not a fucking Jeep. That's a Volkswagen thing. <laughs> it's not a goddamn Jeep. <laughs> I don't know. It was just one of those things I was thinking. So anyway, hey, that it's fucking... a Jeep in the movie, so it's a Jeep to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It's it's not a Jeep at all. No, Paul, I believe you. I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but so it breaks down, and the girls go off, and they find like this little pond, and they they they're like, hey, let's fucking skinny dip. So they get in there, and they're swimming around, and Jerry's back there trying to figure out what's going on with the car. Now. Once it, before they did that, and once it it broke down, you saw and it stopped. You saw that one of the headlights broke, and you didn't see anybody throw anything. But that was like to let us know that whoever was doing that puppetry and shit at the gas station was there, and that's the reason why the the car broke down. Because even Jerry was like, I don't know, I haven't had a problem with this ever before. So that's you know, it wasn't just an accident, like. He actually made the car stop. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then you you really think about it when, when the girls do go to the pond and here comes Mr. Slauson. So he was out there. Now, you don't put the two and two together then because you don't realize what's really going on till later on in the movie. But if you come back and think about it, then, yeah, definitely, because he was there. So he made the car stop. He was probably watching them from the bushes somewhere. Made the car stop. Then the girls went and he went around and, and met them there. And he was really nice too. Like really cool guy. Uh, they're a little freaked out about uh, over him, but I understand that. You know what I mean? He comes over there with the fucking gun and shit, but he just sits down casually and starts talking to him. Oh, yeah. And uh, one one of the things that, that I uh, read up on again uh, was uh, that uh, the director, uh, that when he hired the actresses, there was a part where they were, the actresses were supposed to be nude, but he was too shy to, you know, ask him, you know, to, to tell him about it and and to ask him to do it. So when the time came when they were going to skinny dip, he, he did ask him, like, hey, uh, you know, you guys mind being nude for this one? They're like, yeah, too late <laughs> now. <laughs> so uh, they, he didn't get to get that nude scene on there. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, I was like, "Wait a minute! You, you, you usually you get some titties right now, but no, there wasn't. There wasn't any titties." I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" But now I know. That makes sense. After he, you know, he introduces himself and uh, he he offers some help with them with the tires, and uh, well, not the tire, but to get that Jeep fixed. <laughs> Paul, Jeep. It's a Jeep. Um. He uh he uh takes him over to his place, and uh you know it's the museum with the different stuff in there, and 
they're like wondering like oh you know like like so where do you live and he's like i live right in here and then there's like a different spot outside where there's a home out there and then like yeah like a gigantic fucking mansion out back (laughs) yeah and they're like well who lives over there and uh he's like oh well daniel boone so that what was that daniel boone right paul was it daniel boone that lived out there or no no davy crockett yeah davy crockett that's what it said davy crockett yeah so uh yeah davy crockett lives out there so they were all curious like oh well like you know they want to go see what's going on over there especially uh one of the girls so uh that's kind of where the trouble starts so one of them goes over there uh she uh she thinks she's being cool going there checking everything out thinking something's on uh, not on the up and up but nothing dangerous so she goes there and that's her first victim she goes there uh she's checking out around the room uh our masked fiend comes out uh, a bunch of crazy stuff's going on where like the telekinesis is going on she has a scarf around her neck so that scarf just tightens up and that's it for her she's done uh and the other girls are back so they don't know what's going on um slosson went out to supposedly help uh to get the you know the jeep fixed um he comes back and he says oh that that they couldn't get it done so uh they took you know the the vehicle somewhere else to try to get it fixed um but he came back and he's you know he's there with the girls they start talking about different stuff they notice that he has uh, another mannequin in there and they check it out and they're freaked out because the mannequin ha- the mannequin has a uh, skin where they touch it and it feel it feels like a real you know real flesh yeah so they get even more freaked out later on where uh, they open up a photo book and uh they they check out pictures of uh Mr. Slauson and they're like oh well that must be his brother because there's the two of them there and then they they have there's a female there so they're like oh you know that must be his wife and they're looking at it and Molly's tripping out like oh no it's like you didn't notice like she looks just like that mannequin over there so uh yeah the mannequin was made up to uh look and basically like be his wife right there like you know that passed away now here's a question for you and it, it about that so they touch it and they say it feels like skin and shit and it, it and it looks just like his wife and later on in the movie he actually says something like this is how i i keep her alive and did they mention like anything about him using like her actual skin no they never mentioned that? they yeah they never mentioned that. Like that uh which i think it would have made the movie strong uh you know stronger on certain stuff if i mean yeah leave some stuff uh mysterious but uh other things we kind of want to know you know and uh would help would kind of help strengthen yeah. the movie up so sometimes by leaving some stuff out you kind of handicap yourself and and you could have been a stronger movie but it kind of weakens you up by uh not putting some of those details in there yeah because he mentions to the kids that his brother uh, made the mannequins and he got really good at it and he he did the animatronics on on the little attraction things that they got going on at the the museum and that you know because he got so good that he got hired at the city to do or to work at a, a wax museum so he mentions uh wax a couple of times in the movie so 
are we led to believe that that the that was just a wax figure? Then why did it feel like skin? Because they, like I said, they don't mention that that it is the skin. Yeah. So I don't know. One of those plot holes, I guess. I don't know. To me, one of the one of the things about the movie too was like, um, if they were supposed to look like them, then I guess have them look even closer to what they're supposed to look like on some stuff. You know, like to make it look more realistic on some of the stuff. But maybe the person that was uh, hired, you know, in in the movie to uh, actually do these, uh, you know, these mannequins, maybe they didn't have the skill to do it or whatever. But if not, then uh, just at least kind of make them, at, you know, kind of look like them, but not like, oh, they looks just like them when it doesn't. Uh, just 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 where they kind of a little bit like resemble them. But it, it, but it has the spirit of that person with them, you know? No, I totally get that. Like with it's really it really only pertains to the wife, you know, because all the other ones were obviously mannequins or or wax wax dummies or whatever it really only pertains to the wife so they could have just had a person actually stand there make them look a little more plastic or whatever just to like kind of make it uh, the illusion of it being fake but then it's like super detailed to where it looks just like her so yeah i get what you're saying but the rest of them they really weren't supposed to look like anybody yeah because even like when uh when woody's character comes back well doesn't come back but uh, there's like a head, and it's like screaming, and then it's like in Woody's voice, and um, that's I kind of had to even ask Paul. I'm like, "Hey man, was that supposed to be Woody right there?" Because I mean, it didn't look like him as far as his face, but it had his hat that he was wearing in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, see, I don't know if it was supposed to actually be his head, or Davy just fashioned a, a one of his masks to kind of resemble, and then. The hat was definitely supposed to show us that that was the his, yeah because I mean like the hat I mean? and 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 the uh, the voice that was coming out of the head that was Woody, uh, but I mean as far as like it looking like Woody, that's why I was like um, I didn't know if that was Woody or not <laughs> until until I had to rewatch it and be like oh yeah that's the same hat well because well, yeah. it doesn't look like him but the yeah. voice and the hat you know and so I, I I don't know what that was supposed to be like if they wanted it to be his head they should have just like you said made a, like a life cast or something and actually did his head but i think it was more of davy just fashioned this or even just grabbed the fucking head he already made and put that stuff on there yeah so there was there was uh some more stuff going on uh that happens in this movie but like like we said we kind of skip along um one thing that did come up was there was a death in this movie that was probably one of the most uh uh, I don't know. To me, kind of like a horrible way to go. Um, even, yeah, it was creative uh, for sure. Was there was a there was a character called Tina, but I I even mentioned to Paul I didn't even know who the hell that was, and I thought it was, I was thought it was one of her old characters. I thought it was what uh, Eileen or whatever her name was. Yeah, that one I was like, hey, was that her? Did she come back? Is she alive still or something? Or what's going on? I was kind of confused because there was some parts where like he had um. Uh, one of the dudes, like he was, uh, like he caught him, like the the guy that was like fixing up the jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry. So yeah, he was. Uh, Jerry was all like handcuffed to like a railing or whatever, uh, underneath the stairs. But he had a blanket over him, and he wasn't knocking the blanket off. 
but uh, it makes sense later on why that stuff was going on. But like, since that makes sense, I thought the other thing would make sense is Eileen still being alive because maybe he didn't actually kill her. Maybe he just choked her out and she was still alive. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because uh, when you when you get to this scene, it's after he catches Becky and he's taking her down there. And we actually get to see uh, Davey, uh, Mr. Slauson's brother. And you can see that he he uh, wears masks that kind of look like mani- like his mannequins that he makes. So yeah, like when he's taking Becky down there, you see that someone else is tied up, and he's and he's looking at Tina, and he's like, "Oh, I brought you a friend," and ties Becky up, and then takes the the sack off of Jerry. So yeah, you're like, "Oh shit, he's Jerry's still alive. Becky's alive. Uh, this other girl's alive. So maybe he doesn't plan on killing them." So yeah, I, I get why you thought maybe that was Eileen because you can't really see her her face right away and it isn't until um davy leaves and tina starts talking to them and and tells them that she got caught at the gas station yeah all that stuff's going on and uh that's why i told paul i was, like, was kind of confused uh right there but uh i mean that could that's sometimes a normal occurrence for uh the wolf man here he gets confused sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes i'm like right right on it but uh other times I'm like, uh, hey, it just comes with age, man. <laughs> that and sometimes it's the script, man. I, I blame this one on the script. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, it'd be different if like that was a super memorable character for me. Uh, but well, it you know, was just one of those that came out of nowhere. Like they didn't mention her at all before. So. Yeah, there was no buildup. So, uh, yeah, she's there. She's uh, tied up to that, that table. And uh, like I said, one of the, the craziest deaths right there. And uh I don't know, to me, like, horrible way to go. Uh, it's one of those uh, suffocating ones again. Um, so, yeah, she's there, and uh, he's doing his thing. He has his mask on. He's all happy, um, dancing around and twirling around and bringing drinks Yeah, to he's like, we're having a party. Yes. And uh, I don't know, like, what do, like, now that we're on it, before we get to her death, like, we like to skip around in this show, Um what did you think of the voice of, uh, of I guess you're going to call it like, uh, uh, quotation marks, Davey? What did you think of uh, his voice when he's like, we're having a party? And he's like. I thought it was cool. And you're, I thought it was really cool. Like, you're so. They could have went to where, they could have did the whole where he doesn't talk kind of a thing. How they, you know, you usually do it with masked killers. You know, like Jason and and Michael and shit like that. Um, even uh, Leatherface, he doesn't say much of anything. So I, I, I thought it was a nice thing that they did. It's where he actually speaks. And the the tone of the voice was, was creepy. So I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I liked that mask that he was wearing in that scene. Kind of looked like, a, like, like, a, like, a, like an, an Elvis, Elvis mask. or something. Yeah. Yeah. See, we both we both thought the same way on that one. Um, yeah, that was cool. But the, like, I think that's probably my favorite one out of the movie. The only thing, like, I mean, I don't mind like his voice, but I do uh, like on some parts, like, uh, like I don't mind it too much, but I kind of a little bit where I thought that the dialogue could have been stronger. Yeah, a little bit because because it's, it's, some... it's not like if he's like a, a little bit silly things. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, like uh, earlier on when he's talking about his wife and he's going through that dialogue, and uh, it's like a believable dialogue that he's going through when it you know it feels like you know there's some depth right there. And then when he gets to 
when when with this character when when uh, it's Davy, and uh, he's talk he's talking. It's like very simplified, and it's kind of. I like, think that actually now that now that you put it that way, I, I like that they did that now because now I'm thinking about it more of how they they're trying to uh, to make the the characters different so that you're not thinking that they're the same person. Yeah, so I mean that that thing I do like where it's not the same person. I just I kind of just wish there was just a little bit more to the dialogue. That's all just because uh I mean, but it's kind of cool too like some of it because he keeps telling me, "Oh, you're so pretty." And, and but it's in a creepy way yeah. too. Um so yeah, he goes up to her and he's like, "Oh, you're so pretty." Then like he kind of gets uh like I don't know, pissed off at a certain point where he's like, "Okay, screw this." You know, party's over and then he cut and then he goes over and he uh he got uh like a mix right there and he's like putting it over her face little by little and then he's like oh yeah like uh he's like you're not gonna die from suffocating what you're gonna die is, is from fear before you suffocate your heart's gonna explode in your chest and so he's like just like going very slowly like covering it up and then like once he gets to the last part, yeah, covering her face up with that plaster. Yeah, and he's all describing everything to her while he's doing it. So uh, I don't know. It's probably, it's to me. It's one of the the. I don't know if it's the strongest death in the movie or not, but uh, to me, it it kind of was. I don't know what your opinion. I think so. Was. I think so. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So he just like you know covers her up, and then he leaves like one little spot, and he's like, "All right, there's the last spot, and then after I do this, you're done." And he, you know, he puts that on and then, uh, yeah, she's there for a second. You see her struggling and you see her chest like heave up one time and then you just see her drop. And then, uh, yeah, that's it for Tina right there. Tina, we hardly knew you because, uh, yeah. like I said, we had no backstory except that, except that he caught her at the gas station. No, I definitely agree. It was, I think it was the best kill out of the whole movie that, and when you really think about it, you don't see a lot of the deaths and not everybody dies. So there's not very many to choose from anyway. Yeah, so uh, next we see is Jerry. Like, while, while that, that, all that stuff's going on, he's, like, struggling to uh, get himself untied uh, with the rope around his hands. So he's, like, kind of biting at it and, like, you know, trying to struggle to, to untie himself. Uh, at a certain point, he does get uh, untied, but it's too late. for You know, Tina's done done right there. And then you do see him kind of, like, uh, fight with uh with Davy for for a bit, and then Davy's like superhuman, so you see him toss him around like, like like if he's nothing, like throws him to the wall, superhuman strength, and then he uh, then he grabs him and he like he's like choking him in the air, and then it cuts away, so you're left to like, okay, did he die or is he still alive? And then my question too was like, was he even alive before that or not? Because like when he had the the blanket over him, why did he just keep the blanket on himself? Well, he was tied up. Uh, yeah, but even if you're tied up, you could you could wiggle around and, and get a blanket off of you. I don't think that was an issue at all. Or, or <laughs> but I know what you're saying because we'll get to to when we get to the end, we'll we'll talk about why that could be a, a question. Yeah, a lot of stuff you know could be questions. Yeah, uh, even like when they, when they were down there and like uh, like Tina because when she's down there, she's like. I don't, I think she said again or or oh he's gonna kill us but like he he know she knows it that that's gonna happen, uh you know I think that was just the fear dude she's tied up and this crazy guy in masks I think that was just the fear oh he's gonna fucking kill us you know what I mean I I, I don't know man because like how how the 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 movie ends and with some of the stuff that goes on 
I don't know who was still alive and who was was yeah, dead yet. No, definitely. Just because of uh, that ending, you know, like with with you know, there's questions that come up. I mean, with uh, Becky, she escapes too. Like um, they both run out. Like uh, there's that cool part where uh, what was his name, Jerry? Yeah. Um, Jer- Jerry ends up uh, where they, there's a certain part where we're skipping ahead in the movie again. He busts through the window to escape, and uh, he actually the the actor that plays Jerry he actually did that that stunt. So he, when he's smashing oh, nice. through the window and it shows it in slow motion, that's the actual actor doing it instead of a stuntman. So he goes through there. David Schmoller's like, hey, we don't have money to hire a stunt double, so you're doing this shit yourself. <laughs> the actor's like, you cheap son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. He's like, hey, my cousin looks just like me. and He'll do it for 10 bucks. Nope. It's gotta, we don't got it. He's like, it's got to be you, man. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, you bastard. After, after this movie, I was all chopped up in the face. Nobody wanted to hire me again. Yes. <laughs> he ruined my life. <laughs> I had to wear a Davy mask. Yes, he became the real Davy. And the, he's like, well, I guess I'm staying here in the tourist trap. We're going to have to make it an yep. actual thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he bashes through the, the window. Um, and then he starts running for it on one, uh, on one way. And uh, what was it? Becky, she uh, she goes out the other side, uh, cause you know, uh, Davy's out there looking around. He's like, ah, oh. he's like, you can't get away. And he's like, the after you know he says that, then then Becky's running off the other way, the opposite way. So he ends up chasing her instead of him. So uh, he ends up catching up to her later on, where she's in the other uh, house. And he's got those uh, those mannequins, and they're coming to life. And they had a scene earlier on where those mannequins were doing their thing uh, with, like, guns going off and different stuff, but they were just blanks. Um, this time, uh, they actually had uh, live ammunition, and they had, a, like, a Native American uh, right there, and uh, he was throwing uh, actual, like, tomahawks. So uh, he's trying to escape and running around, and, the, the you know, like, Guns are uh, firing and rifles and everything, and they, the last things that were coming at her were axes, and a few of them missed. But when she got to the door to try to escape, the last one uh, whacked her in the back of the head. So that's when you see that that uh, tomahawk uh, stick out, like the wood part sticking out of her head, and then the blood gushing. And uh, yeah, that was the end of her. Right, that was there. a good one. So that was a pretty good death too. But I mean, that suffocating one's probably uh, kind of the most terrifying one. Skipping back to where we were at before with Tina uh, back in there um, and Davey with his uh, Elvis-looking uh, mask on and his top hat. He's like, a hunk a hunk of burger love, baby. I said, a hubba bubba, a hubba bubba, baby bubble. <laughs> see, see, if he would have said that, I kind of would have laughed and like uh, be like, okay, I can dig this. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, hey, that's what I say. That's what I say. A hubba bubba. I come on. A hung a hung a hung a hung <laughs> yeah, if that stuff would have happened and he had like a, you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing or a showbiz thing, 80s stuff right there going on with the musical yes. group in the back yes. right there, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is the best movie ever, man. Uh, <laughs> but no, nah, that stuff wasn't there. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, he's there and then he's talking about different stuff and he's like, he's like, oh, uh, he's like, you know why I wear this mask? And then they're, you know, of course they don't know. So he's like, he's like, okay, I'll tell you why I wear this mask. Like, actually, I'm very handsome. My brother's, uh, you know, wants me, he makes me wear this mask. 
he's scared he's scared that uh his wife you know she'll look at me and and and, and want me so uh he's he's all saying this stuff and then uh later on in the in the when you skip ahead um other stuff comes up and uh we find out what really happened was like that uh that uh yeah there was really stuff going on because his brother's uh now deceased we find out that Mr. Slauson ended up killing his brother and his wife because uh they were having an affair uh what what Slauson mentioned before when he was doing that those uh, heartfelt speeches was that his wife died of cancer so uh that's why I said when he was saying that stuff you know you felt for that character and the way he he said it was just just well done yeah i totally didn't believe that that he was the killer you know like even up all the way up until you find out at least the first time that i watched it and then you know you start after you've seen it you know obviously you know but then you start actually kind of seeing things that kind of do point to him a little bit yeah so uh i don't know like i said uh it was funny how like slosson was a sympathetic character and they made it like if his uh brother was like oh yeah like you know, in the beginning, he was talking about his brother talking him up like that. He was, um, you know, like, oh, he's very talented and this and that. And they hired him away. Uh, but he just mentioned like if his brother left and got hired away from the area. So that's why he's not there anymore. Uh, but yeah, like in actuality, he's he's you know, he's dead. He lost and killed him. Yeah. And uh, same same thing with his wife. He, you know, he killed her in a jealous rage because uh, his wife and his brother, uh, you know, that they were cheating uh so you know in a fit of rage he killed both of them um i don't know it was that it what if there was a back if they showed what happened after he told the story that kind of would have been a like a cool like uh um addition to the movie oh yeah that would have been awesome you know there's a there's a uh some things that they could have added to to further the story uh, make it a, a, I won't say more interesting because I think the movie is uh, very interesting, but uh, definitely could have added some stuff. Yeah, I mean it didn't need it, but it would have been a nice touch just to have yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah, and and just a little bit of a, a glue to it, and tiny bit of strength, you know, just strengthen up just a tiny bit. Uh, but I mean, without it there, it didn't really take away too much from it. But it would have been a nice little touch on there um it does have that that crazy twist when you you find out that that slosson is davy and he's the killer and he's got those telekinetic powers and like i said the in in you know after you've already seen it it's kind of like well fuck i should have i should have figured that out a long time ago you know but the first time <laughs> you watch it you don't you don't really connect the two you think that it's just yeah he's hiding his brother away because of whatever reasons, you know what I mean? And then you hear Davy's side of the story and then you're like, oh, okay. Then yeah, that's why he's like got him locked away and shit. Davy's like, uh, he doesn't know that I go out. He makes me stay here, but I have to go out cause nobody's coming here anymore. So it's like, you kind of had that feeling and you totally believed it. So when that twist happens, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. You just like through that, the movie, you think that it's going to be his brother. That's the, uh, that's the the crazed murderer, and, yeah. And uh, he's just and and uh, his character's Lawson, like how you said, like how I said, like he's you know he feels like a sympathetic character. You think that he's gonna be like you know that he's just there and he he kind of knows about it, but 
he wants to protect his his little brother. Yeah, he definitely knows um, about it and, because at, and, and at, the, at that at, at one point he does find Eileen and and she's dead and shit. So he's like, "Oh, Davy," and then goes back and lies about it. Yeah, it's like if nothing happened afterwards. Yeah, so he's definitely um, was like you had that feeling that he was trying to protect his his little brother and all that, but then you realize like, "Holy shit." <laughs> Yeah, and they even kept that 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 thing going on where he's he might be protecting his brother when when uh, Molly was uh, getting chased around by him, and uh, he ends up she, she you know she gets to the truck like like uh, Slauson's driving the truck after she's getting chased by Davy, and uh, you know Slauson picks her up and then they take off, and then she's all telling him, "Hey, we gotta get the cops." And and then uh, she's describing what's going on and then like who it is, and then he's like, "Oh well." Um, that's 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 my brother because he talked about the mask. Yeah, and and uh, he's like, well, let me let me go over there and and uh, and and you don't understand what he's been through and blah blah blah, trying to you know play it off like that, you know, like trying to protect his brother. So that's still going. That theme is still going on at that point, but maybe not for maybe like for two more minutes in the movie because uh, when you know he talks to her and like, oh, I got to go back and at least do this so like that way my brother comes back and and then then i'll bring the cops over because i don't want it to you know i want it to be as smooth as possible yeah you know if this is how it's got to go down yeah what you totally uh, believed so, yeah and then like i said he gives he gives her a rifle too and he's like oh yeah if if, if he comes over you, you know use this and she's like i don't know what to do he's like oh you'll know what to do you just gotta point it and you know shoot that's it yeah so uh Later, later on, uh, Davy comes out and he's, and she's like, "Oh, stay away!" And then she ends up like shooting him, and he's going down like, uh, you know, saying his stuff, and then uh, she thinks she's got him and that that he's gonna die. Yeah, and she's yelling out, "Mr. Slauson, Mr. Slauson!" the whole time because she thinks he's still at the house. So uh, at that point, like. He gets up and he and he's kind of like mocking her because he's not really, you know, he, she thought that she killed him. And then he's like, he's like, bang, bang, you're dead. Bang, bang, you're dead. And he's like, uh, those are blanks that you were shooting at me. And uh, so she like he kind of goes after her and he <laughs> and he uh, I'm laughing right now, Paul, because somebody just ran across like the little street that's in front of the houses here. And this is not even like a real street. It's like a, in a gated community, and it's two o'clock in the morning. So what the hell was that? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Spooky. Crackhead. So uh, yeah, so that that stuff's going on. He's like, bang, bang, you're dead. And then uh, you know, she he uh, gets up and goes towards her, and she bashes his his uh, mask with with the with the with the rifle. So he's down on the floor, and then. She looks at like bust off his face, and then it's like uh, one of those Scooby Doo reveal moments where it's like, oh, <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> it, it was. It was all. It was always Mister Slauson in there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like you're gonna have Scooby and that guy come up, Mister Slauson. <laughs> it was you. You silly. Paul's gonna be there. You silly goose and point at him. Yes. He's like, I would have got away with it too. Is it, if it weren't for you kids and uh, that dog. <laughs> No, it was a good twist, though. That's when uh, more chase scene runs off because she already had a chase scene before. And uh, she's trying to get away from him. Um, she ends up, uh, like, where they had that lake, she ends up at that lake. And 
uh, he mentioned before when uh, they were having their friendly talk about them leaving uh, before nightfall because at nightfall uh, the lake fills up with uh, water moccasins. Uh, she gets there and then yeah there's like snakes in there and she's like running away somewhere and uh, she thinks she's safe in a certain spot and then you just see Slauson come out from behind her in the from the water. I don't know how that happened. Yeah I'm not going to think uh, about it. he does it. come out from behind her and he starts <laughs> choking her. And then, and then he chokes her, and he has her under the water. And then that's why I got to ask, Paul, like, at that point, did she die at that point? Which I think, like, maybe she did. And, you know, she's underwater, drowning. What was the point of having her go underwater? And then you see her alive on the next scene after when we get more stuff towards the end happen. It's kind of I, questionable. Yeah, like, I don't know. That, or, or that's what's cool about this movie is it, it's, it, it makes you think that uh, what you see didn't really happen and shit like that. You know, it kind of flashes to black after she's under water. And then uh, later on, uh, on the next scene, she's in the bed uh, kind of waking up and there's a lady attending to her. Um, and uh, well, to me, I guess that was uh, his wife. I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think so. So she's attending to her, and then uh, Mr. Slauson's there, and then uh, I'm going to kind of skip ahead after that. Um, They go to a certain spot where, like, he's with the lady, which I believe is his wife, and he's kind of, but you kind of see her as, like, kind of like a mannequin and then, like, real life as well. Yeah, Um, like flashes in between. And then all the mannequins start coming uh, they're they're there kind of too, but they're like not moving or anything at a certain point. In comes Jerry out of nowhere. So Jerry's there. He he comes up, and uh, he's got a little axe with him. And uh, Molly's there, and she's like, "Kill him, kill him." Um, oh yeah, and skipping back again. <laughs> that we kind of talk crazy talk over here. So skipping back, there was a scene uh, earlier on where he's on top, where uh, Slauson's on top of Molly, almost like basically raping her. And he's like, tell me that you love me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how you felt about that scene, Paul, but I was like, uh, it's kind of getting weird here, man. I I actually really appreciated it. Uh, I mean, it was weird, but it that's when you started to realize that he really is fucking crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, you already knew that because he's killing people and all that. But that's where you kind of saw, like, the real him, I think. And that the way he was as Mr. Slauson with the with just the kids and all that. And that, like, more nice guy. That was, like, that was his mask. That was the mask that he wore in front of them. That wasn't really who he was. He, We saw who he really was when he was doing that with her. And just fucking out there crazy. Oh, uh... Now skipping skipping some more backwards, um, and then we'll get back to where uh, it's basically the ending of this movie. Skipping back again, um, there was a scene where uh, he's sitting there at the, at the table, and he's got, like, food or, like, um, crackers and stuff. And he's got, like, uh, Irene, where she had the mask on that he had on when he killed her. She has that on. Uh, basically it's her body there, uh, but there's like a mannequin, you know, that, that face on there and, uh, mannequin head, I guess too, that's on there because like they're talk, like it's there and it's like kind of inanimate and he's, and then, uh, like he has his, uh, Mr. Slauson, uh, doesn't have a mask on, but it's just his, uh, you know, 
Mr. Slauson faces right there. Um, and he's talking to her and it's like not responding to him. And then he puts on a mask and then it's like, oh, it, it comes to life. And it's like, he's like, oh, you want some crackers? Like, yeah, I'll have some. So it's like they're having a, a discussion. And then that music that was in the beginning of the movie comes on. And it's kind of like that wacko kind of music going on. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now that makes sense to have that song on there. That that fit perfect on that part. Yeah. But like I said, to me in that opening, uh, I could have had something else. But on that part, that, that fit with it. Well, I mean, I liked it there and I liked it in the beginning of the movie. So there you go. <laughs> Paul's Paul's opinion has not changed. Yes. All and right. it, does, so, and it uh, doesn't matter. Everybody's got an opinion. Yes. Just like assholes. Yeah, so skipping uh, ahead again and back to the end of the movie, I hope I didn't uh, get you guys all uh, dizzy. You <laughs> got me confused as fuck, man. I don't know. We, I don't even know where we're at. <laughs> we're at, at the man. end. We are at the end, man. So, right. uh, yeah, Jer- like Jerry's there, and he's got the axe, and uh, Molly's there, and she's like, kill him kill him and then and then he's like he's uh mr slauson's laughing at him he's like yeah uh he can't do nothing he can't kill me and then uh she's like get him and then he goes up to him and then molly's just like crying because he's not doing anything and uh like jerry yeah he was saying some stuff kind of like threatening but he didn't like follow up on it and then he goes up to jerry and he gets behind him and he just starts taking him apart like he pulls off his arm. Yeah. And then it reveals like it's a mannequin underneath. And then later on he twists off the head and then he just like knocks it over with his elbow. And he's like like laughing on top of it and stuff. So uh yeah, that's why I said uh when we get to that ending part, which is right there, that's what I'm saying. Uh who was still alive and who was dead and was yeah. when Jerry was tied up and with the blanket over him. Was he already dead? Which I think he was already dead by then. Now that we got to that part, I could totally say that he might have been dead. That is one of those things where this movie just plays tricks on you. Throughout the whole damn movie, it's playing this big trick on you. So, you know, it, it, it totally makes sense that he was dead underneath there. And then Slauson did his his magic or whatever to make... Uh, uh, Becky and Tina think that he was there down there in that cellar with them alive. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying uh, with that. It's like, it, it leaves a bunch of questions with other characters where were they alive or were they already dead too? Um, same thing with Molly. Like, you know, she went underneath and who knows, but uh, getting back towards the ending again. Yeah. So he, he knocks them apart and then uh, the lady comes up, which I believe is his wife. And they start dancing and, and, and going in circles. And the axe that uh, Jerry had is on the floor. So Molly eyes it while he's dancing and laughing with, with the with the lady. Um, and uh, Molly grabs the axe. And uh, she ends up whacking uh, Mr. Slauson. Uh, basically kind of like on the shoulder and neck. Uh, so he goes down. Uh, all Like when, when they were dancing, all the different figures were coming more alive and like a bunch were coming up and uh some kind of creepy like witchy one yeah, was also dude, coming that, up as well and that moan that they were doing that shit was creepy as fuck i thought you were getting turned on with that moan paul i mean it, it was kind of sexy but you know in a creepy fucking way <laughs> <laughs> no I, I liked it i thought it was cool yeah so uh yeah he's on the floor and then uh yeah he doesn't come back he, like it doesn't have one of those movie moments where they're down and then 
and uh, they come back at the end yeah. when you least expect it. He's down and he's out for the count. Um, and the mannequins, uh, the I think they uh, that's it for them as well because uh, the telekinesis is gone since he's dead. Um, so yeah, the last scene is when uh, earlier on in the movie we saw them kind of going through the road and there was the different signs and we saw one sign where there was like a um, a vulture mm-hmm. on top of one of the signs, which uh, it was kind of very quick. Uh, you know, a view where you kind of, if you blinked, you might not have saw that vulture there because it was just still um, and there for like about a second or less. And then uh, at the end, uh, they're back in uh, the Jeep <laughs> uh, and the, all the friends are there and Molly's driving and she kind of got a crazed look on her face as she's driving away. And uh, all the friends are basically like mannequins. Yeah. And uh, when she's going, she kind of looks like almost like a mannequin as well, uh, Molly. So, uh, and and the vulture is there on that sign, you know, but it, it's kind of moving around. So, um, what did what did you think of, uh, is Molly uh, alive still, Paul? Or, or you think she's done for and what's going on? Uh, I honestly didn't notice that she, she kind of looked like a mannequin. So... I'll have to go back and, and watch that. Cause to me, like, to me, she was alive and just fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, I think it's just that look on her face that she had. Yeah, I think that she just, from what she went through, dude, she's batshit crazy. I mean, to load up all the mannequins as, as her friends and take off down the road with them. Yeah, that's pretty fucking nuts. If she wasn't real or she was, she was dead and she's driving down the road, then that means Slauson's still alive. Could be. Because if he's dead, then none of the mannequins should move. So even if she was, then she wouldn't be moving anymore. Because it's all uh, the fantasy, uh, like his fantasy, you know what I mean? So if he's really dead, then she's she's really alive. All right, and uh, that's basically the end of the movie. We kind of told some, not every not every part and we skipped all around like we do right here in the crypt and got you guys all dizzy and twisted but uh yeah that's uh that's a lot of the stuff right there the meat and potatoes of the movies right yeah. there no there's still there's still some stuff to see that we didn't talk about we did get to the main plot points though and sorry if we ruined it for you but it's still it's still worth the watch so you know whatever and uh one thing i gotta mention uh as we end uh us, us talking about this movie before we get to our uh, our scores. Uh, one thing that I uh, checked up on too, and then it did have that feel of it. Um, it it did influence uh, the uh, the remake of uh, House of Wax. Oh with, yeah, uh, yeah. The Paris Hilton movie. Yeah, I could see so that. It had a, a it had a heavy influence on there uh, for sure. Uh, not everything, but. But a lot of stuff right there. Um, yeah, I actually like so, that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember liking it. Yeah, I remember liking it as well, too. Um, so, I mean, like I said, it had some influences. And uh, the good thing about it, too, is that it influenced a pretty good movie as well. Yeah. Um. So, uh, any other words to that, Paul? Or do you want to get to the scores now? Well, let's get to the scores because I, I really want to hear what you think about it. I mean, I've listened to what you're saying about what we talked about, but I still don't have that feel of you really liked it or not. 
All right, so uh, without further ado, I am uh, just going to blurt out my score. You're going to fart it right the fuck out? uh, (laughs) Yeah, without uh, saying why, and I won't. And I, I'm not going to say why. Not just kidding. I'm going to say why afterwards. So it is. Uh, I'm going to give this one a uh, six point five, uh, oh, okay. which is decent. It's 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 not bad. It's pretty good. Um, not the highest score, but like I mentioned, uh, there's some things that could have been stronger. Yeah. Uh, but it's a de- it's a decent movie. Some things could have made it better that it was missing. Um, maybe it was the timing. Might have been some of the people involved. I don't know, but it was it was pretty good for uh, a lot of the stuff that was in it. Um, like I said uh, in the beginning, it it left me like it kind of it was kind of it kind of worked both ways. In the beginning, it kind of was like uh, when I saw like all those uh, things flying at uh, our dear friend Woody. Um, I like I said, I was confused. I was like, "What is this movie gonna be?" And the and the good and bad thing about it was like. It left me like, okay, what the hell is going to happen? But it also left me like, I kind of was like, when I was watching, I was a little tired. So I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'll find out later. And I turned it off. And I was like, I'll watch it again later. <laughs> so I've watched the the beginning numerous times. Yeah. Uh, the ending, I've uh, seen uh, less than than the start. Um, But yeah, when it all came together, it was pretty good. Uh, but like I said, the, the music in the beginning, um, I didn't care for. And uh, some of that my my score kind of uh reflects on that as well too uh just because uh sometimes the soundtrack uh brings life to the movie and as far as the Slauson character like I said I liked him when he was being uh himself uh as far as like when he was like supposedly the sane one um later on when he went with the uh even though it was like a different character with the Davy character which was also uh, Sloss and Chuck Connors, but also played by another gentleman. Uh, you know, I don't know the name of the guy. I kind of had mixed feelings towards uh, towards the villain uh, part of the character. Like I said, on uh, it was pretty good on some parts. Like the look was kind of uh, weird to me, but like it made sense for what it was. Um, especially the Elvis one, and like I said, uh, like I don't know. Even though it wouldn't have made sense. Uh, I would have liked that Chuck E. Cheese cheese thing to pop up on there, um, but yeah, uh, uh, it was a you know it was it was good, but it left me with like I I kind of wanted more. Um, I don't know if it was like the dialogue or just some mannerisms or something. I did like the fact that he was talking to the people. Um, I kind of wish he was more menacing though, even though he was menacing. I kind of wanted it a little bit more, like darker. I think, uh, like not not so much more menacing himself, but I think he should have been more brutal with like the killings and and shit like that. Like if if the the, the deaths were more gruesome and shit, but then he still had like the attitude he did. I think that would have been more effective. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, for sure, because like I said, it, it just it just needed some some little tweaking here and there, and I, I felt like the character would have been stronger. Even though I know Paul really enjoyed him, um, I just felt like uh, it could have been a little bit uh, more yeah. strong in certain areas if they did certain things. Well, just just think of it this way: if if instead of uh, pouring the the plaster over Tina and him saying the kind of silly things he was saying, if if he was actually like peeling your skin off and shit. And then still acting the way that he was, 
That shit would have been fucking awesome. Or while he's filleting her, he'll be like, you're so pretty. While yeah, <laughs> exactly. You would have been like, this it's, guy's it, fucking nuts. You know what? You know, you know what came to my mind when he just went right just right now? I didn't I didn't come while I was watching the movie when he says you're so pretty. It uh, it reminds me of uh, the beginning of that when we watched the uh, the remake of uh, Maniac of Maniac. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he with his first victim. I mean, I think of uh, uh, those movies too, but because of the whole mannequin aspect. As far as the uh, the other characters, the uh, Molly and the rest of them, I thought they did a, a good job. The uh, the actors that they that they got, um, um, Molly did all right. Uh, she was okay. Um, you know, she had like a when she was uh when that all that crazy stuff was going on, you could see the terror, uh, you know, and that actress's uh, face and. Her mannerisms, yeah. so that was pretty good. Um, the other girls, they uh, that were meant to just be like the hot chicks, they look pretty good, you know. Even you know, it, it, they still they still hold up to today's standards. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and the whole time uh, I was waiting for those titties to pop out, man, because those shirts they were wearing tops. were barely fucking shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, all, all those actors they they did pretty, you know, they did a decent job. Um, uh, the setting was pretty cool too. Like uh, all of this stuff was, uh, you know, uh, they they filmed over in California, but like the different settings they had, they they were very interesting. And and uh, that uh, that watering hole that they they stopped at that was pretty cool. Um, how they they how they made the different figures. They look pretty cool because they look like, uh, like they could have been some of the ones that they have like over in uh, when you visit Disneyland, and Pirates of the Caribbean that kind yeah, of stuff right yeah. there. Uh, that's why I gave it a six point five. Uh, not the not the strongest movie, but it was decent and and worth a watch. There you go. Uh, so you know, so six point five. That's pretty good. Uh, so moving on down to uh, Chainsaw Paul. I'd like to hear uh, Paul's opinion, especially that he loves this movie a lot. So. Let's uh, hear what he's got to say. Well, for one, I don't love it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like uh, one notch down right there. So, yeah, well, uh, there goes I didn't that. Per- well, there. Well, well, Cripsers, <laughs> there goes that perfect ten score that we yeah, thought we well, were going to get. That's right why there. I had to. I had to get in there and uh, set you straight there, Wolfman, because I didn't want it to be like, uh, yeah, I fucking love this movie. I give it a four. <laughs> you like, you know what I mean. <laughs> He was like, he's like, this is better than uh, than uh, Lord of the Rings. This is better than uh, Star Wars. Screw those movies. This is they're nothing compared to this. Back yes. to the Future. Hell no. Taurus Hell Trap. No. That's it. That's it. It's that uh, if you can only watch one movie for the rest of your life, kind of a shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so I give it a seven. So just a little bit higher than your score. Um. A lot of the things that you touched on, I totally agree with, uh, except for the the song in the beginning. I think that it fit pretty well and kind of set up that scene that we're we were gonna see right after that. Um, it did, but you know, if they did something different with the song, I wouldn't have cared anyway. So, um, I think Chuck Connors, Chuck Connors was fucking amazing. His acting, um, I would have liked. A, a lot more from him as far as like uh the just just storyline you know what i mean like make the movie a little bit longer and let's see more of him you know what i mean like him 
just talking and shit because he was cool. Uh, you know what's crazy, Paul, was like um, uh, a lot of the people that, that watch it, like some of them uh, don't like his performance. I, that's, that, I don't uh, understand that at all. He, even even my uh, my favorite author, which uh, even though like he says this stuff, um, like he liked the movie and he liked the different aspects about it, and he thought it was terrific, um, but he didn't like Chuck uh, Connor's performance. He thought he was miscast. Um, yeah, but he also but, doesn't like but, Kubrick's uh, fucking version of The Shining. So that's yeah, just but stupid. the thing was though, yeah, be- because he wrote. The book and he yeah, changed his stuff. but still, that's just stupid. so that's different. That, that, <laughs> so well, that that that's because he did that and that's his work. Yeah, um, but it's but still this stupid. One, no, well, <laughs> sorry, well, dude. this is the double. Wait, wait. So this is this is what uh, the the other part about it is. Even though we had that opinion, this is the good part about it is. Um, a lot of people forgot about this movie, didn't know about it, and he wrote uh, "Dance Macabre." Um, that on that book he mentioned different stuff from pop culture and he actually mentioned uh tourist trap oh, nice. which brought it back to life there you uh, go. a lot of people more people knew about uh knew it because of the book yeah and they end up watching it and liking it because of it so if if maybe if he didn't mention it uh who knows where it would be who knows if it would just got been a uh, super obscure um well yeah all with, the way up know, until now because we're talking about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that the podcast from the crypt is talking about it, now everybody's gonna watch that. Yep. It's gonna be a goddamn cult classic. Huh. And and uh we'll see if people love uh the portrayal uh by Chuck Connors. I like how they he made it he, he, he added those little touches to make it different than Davy so that we had no idea they were the same person. Now, it is credited that another person played Davy uh Shiler Kobe so I don't know if that means he did the voice or he did the uh the actual acting in the mask cuz I I assume that that Chuck Connors did the voice you know but I I don't know it could be a totally different person for both but but still you know like you said Chuck had that idea to do the limp and I'm sure he added a little more touches in there to just just make it like that couldn't couldn't be the same person at all. They're totally different personalities and all that. I thought it was really cool. And then when he actually did twist and 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 he became that more fucking psycho type of a person, I thought he pulled that off too. It was really believable. I liked the whole tone of the movie. I liked the the idea of it itself with the mannequins and the, the telekinesis. He's moving these mannequins around. I think that's the best fit. I, um, if they would have did the robotic thing, it, it still would have probably been cool, just not as cool, because you're not getting like that supernatural element in there. Even though you know he's it's uh, telekinesis is still that supernatural kind of a uh, thing going on. Um, or like if the mannequins just came to life, you know, like it's it's not as strong as the whole he's doing it. He's the puppet master kind of a thing. I thought that was really cool. Anyway, so yeah, I give it a seven. I I thought it was a, a really fun movie. Uh, great to watch during the summer because you know, you, you, people are going to visit those to- those tourist traps during summer vacation trips and shit, road trips. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so yeah, that was Tourist Trap from nineteen seventy nine. Uh, if you guys want to give it a shot, give it a watch. Uh, you can catch that, of course, on Tubi for free.
That was part one of our Summer of Horror 2020. We're going to do a few of these while the summer's still going on. So I had a great time as usual, Wolfman. Thanks for joining me. Me too. I have. Uh, I always have fun, man. Um, it sucks not not being right next to each other. Yeah, talking about this stuff. Yeah, but I mean that's what's going on. Uh, the only other way would be like I, I was just joking around saying, "Let's meet up and uh, you know have our cardboard boxes around us, yeah. <laughs> just for and the then, sound. Just, I mean, just pointless. for sound wise, not not <laughs> not uh, yeah, but um." I was like even joking around with Paul. I was like, "Yeah, let's go to the beach." And then Paul's like, "It's windier over there, so it'll probably be even worse." Yeah. But um, you know, this is the way we got to do it. Uh, hopefully, uh, it sounds all right. Uh, just like last episode. Uh, last I think episode it's gonna work out, man. Good. Last episode sounded pretty good. You couldn't even tell, man. Yeah. It sounded like we were right next to each other. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, with me, it's like it's it's been it's still fun, and uh, I always uh, you know enjoy our discussions uh, that uh, me and Paul have. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, we never know how long we're gonna go at it. If it's gonna be shorter or longer, uh, I believe Paul uh, thought that this was gonna be uh, quicker <laughs> than it was. I thought we were gonna do like uh, a ten minute review. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was gonna be like, oh, you're not gonna probably have much to say about it. So. Uh, here it goes, but yeah. I mean, you know, we did. I thought the news was going to be like five minutes, <laughs> but you know, it's all good. Thank you for joining us tonight, Cripsters, and stay creepy. <laughs> oh!